is what his character is. And he goes through, you know, God is brokenhearted, right? That's a hard one, right? That's a tough one about our sin and about humanity. God is brokenhearted. Then it says God is jealous. Wow, that's a chapter right there. It was so short, but I just, I still have it on my mind right now, you know. What are my idols in my life that I need to, you know, like, like Josiah, get rid of? Sweetie, there's uh, water right there on, on the side of my, yeah. Um, I was, it's, there's a scripture that says, I was thirsty and you gave me something to eat, something to drink. So I have to definitely fulfill that scripture right there. I did it for you, Jesus. No, I did it for my wife. But okay, um, I think that uh, <laughs> certainly like idols get in the way of us being missionaries. Idols get in the way of us being with God, you know? And so just to even look at that one little snippet, I mean, it was like a page and a half long. I was just, I've been struggling with, okay, what are my idols in my life that's, Stop me from God, and and you know what 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 keeps me from from really what what idols do I need to smash in my heart, and um, and it was encouraging just to think about that. And then it says God is faithful. Wow, what an amazing thing! When we're faithless, God is faithful. And even just thinking about what is faithful, filled with faith, you know, and I said, God, make me a faithful disciple. Make me faithful, full of faith. Next next uh, tomorrow is supposed to be God is patient which I'm really looking forward to. Thank God for his patience, right? God is love. And then the last, you know, uh, day on Saturday, God is counting on us. That one, I'm, I'm sort of scared to read. God is counting on us. And I'm excited to read. Like, of course he's counting on us. And, and this is God's character. We get to look at this. Let's go to Luke 6. This was a scripture that uh, he, he uh, looked at the first time with us. And then we're going to have some time after the message. We're going to break up into our family groups and get some time to pray together um, and just really pray, God, transform me into uh, who you are. You know, help me, just whatever's on your heart from this lesson, be transformed. Uh, and I, I think instead of talking, let's talk to God, right? Because he's, he's the one who transforms us. And I'm feeling like uh, something special is going to happen in our group really something special, but we got to get the heart, right? And I'm so glad he starts with the heart. In verse 43, it says, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor a bad tree bears good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. An evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Man, this scripture you can, you can sit on for a long time, can't you? And what he said here, I wrote it down, the quote from the book. It says, the same mistake gets made over and over again. We focus on the fruit when Jesus clearly tells us to focus on the heart. I'm like, oh, yeah. I want to learn that lesson, Lord. We focus on the right words to say when the right heart will overflow with the treasure of the gospel. You know... Let's not focus on the right words to say. Let's just get wrapped up in God and the gospel. And, and you know what? I tell you what. I, it, it, uh, you you, see, you know, see someone who just comes out of the water and they're just full of faith and they're just so full of gratitude and, and they bring people to God. And you're like, they don't know anything. They just know I, 
God saved me, and I know he can save you, right? Um, and I love when he says, we're not going to make that mistake anymore. And I just think that was helpful for me is to go, you know what? We need to talk about the heart here. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about the progression of the heart. Then I went to an all New England staff um, meeting this Tuesday down in Framingham. And the speaker there was Will Archer. And he blew me away because what he said about uh, something very, very, I think monumental to me, just about what they're doing in his church there, down there with with understanding about the heart. And he talked about the heart a lot. And so I'm going to share a little bit about that today. Amen? Uh, which I hopefully will help you a ton. Let's go to Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah 17. And uh, this scripture is really, you know, the heart is not an easy thing to understand. Can I get an amen? amen. Have you ever said, I'll never do that again, and then you do it again? That's an example of, What's going on right there, you know? Um, have you ever, you know, felt really, like, super peaceful, and then all of a sudden, like, five minutes later, yes. you're mad? How does that happen? You know what I mean? Like, what, what happened there? Like, that happened to me literally just, like, 20 minutes ago. And, and I'm like, wow, like, how does that happen, you know? Well, because the heart is complicated. It's, it can be deceitful. That's what the Bible says in verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things, beyond cure. Who can understand it? Wow. You know? But then it says, I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind toward each person according to their conduct, according to their deeds deserve. I am so grateful that God knows the heart. And so if we look into God's word, we can understand our hearts. And we can be guided with our hearts. And especially with something like being a missionary, we got to have the right heart. And it's so hard sometimes to have the right heart. It's so easy to have a heart that isn't like Jesus when it comes to this. It's so easy to be religious. It's way easier to be religious, is it not? Than to be heartsy and authentic with God. And I find that, you know, the older and older you get, easier and easier it gets to be religious say the right words I mean it almost gets programmed into us and so we need to just take a step back and go where's my heart at with this with God with my relationship with him you know I know there's the Bible says deny yourself and that's certainly the case when it comes to sharing your faith we all have this feeling like oh this is kind of scary you know but it shouldn't be something that we force, if you know what I'm saying. We want to overflow. You know, I think about a cup that just overflows. You can't stop the water. It's coming, you know? And you ever see someone that overflows like that for God? You know, you're just like, there's no stopping them. They're going to share. They're going to talk. They're going to do it with, with love. And, and, and as we overflow with God, this is what happens. We, we literally can't. Keep it to ourselves, like the song says. Can't keep it to ourselves. That's where we want to get, church. We want to get so excited about our God. And, 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 and honestly, not even talk about sharing your faith. That we just do it. We just get so excited doing it. It's not like, oh, it's one of the religious disciplines. Yes, of course it's a religious discipline. So is prayer. So is all these things. But we want a relationship with God that just overflows. 
How does this happen? Well, one of the things that he said that I thought was so cool, let's go to Matthew 22. He said, Matthew 22 comes before Matthew 25. And I'm like, yes. It does. And Matthew 25 comes before Matthew 28. And then my brain started firing. You know how that is? You're like first looking at him like, what is he talking about? And then you're like, oh, I'm starting to get it. Matthew 22 comes before Matthew 25. And then Matthew 25 comes before Matthew 28. You're like, I'm not seeing what you're saying, Glenn. (laughs) Let's go there. Matthew 22. Matthew 22. And we know this passage. So basically, Matthew 22 is about the greatest commandment, right? The greatest commandment. Matthew 25 is about just serving people who need help. And how Jesus says, anything you did for them, you did for me. And he's like, well, when were you hungry? When were you thirsty, right? He said, whatever you did for one of these, you did for me, right? That's what he says in Matthew 25. And then Matthew 28 is obviously a passage about going and make disciples. And he said something that was really helpful for me is so many times we just go to Matthew 28 without going to Matthew 22 and Matthew 25. And Matthew 22 is about loving God. Matthew 25 is about serving people and loving people. Just to love them. Actually, you do it for Jesus. You don't even do it necessarily only for them. Right? And then out of the overflow, Matthew 28 happens. And this was helpful for me just to think about, wow, that's so true. Matthew 22, verse 34. Someone asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Right? Good question. Verse uh, 34. It says, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, The Pharisees got together. (laughs) I love that. We got to figure out what to do with Jesus. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with the question, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Our relationship with God is where everything starts, guys. And it's where everything ends. You know, it's where everything starts. It's where everything ends. The greatest commandment is not to go make disciples of all nations. The greatest commandment is right here. To love the Lord, your God. You know, is God your God? You know, he's my God. He's your God. You possess him and he possesses you. There's a relationship there, right? And that relationship means so much to you that when tough things happen, you, 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 you might let go of other things, but you won't let go of that because you love him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. It is the love. It's God's love and the love he shows you. Like First John 4.19 says, we love because he first loved us. That, that makes us want to love him. It's, it's a progression of loving first. Loving first. That's, that's the plan. That's this spiritual law that 
John so simply puts, we love because he first loved us. Everything we do flows from that love. And I know that's real, but I think we gotta, to get the heart, we have to go, what is God, my relationship with God motivating me to do? What does my relationship with God make me overflow to want to do? A lot of times we say, I'll do these religious things and then hopefully I'll feel more close to God. But that's not how Jesus wants our hearts to be. He wants us to feel so in love with God that it's overflowing. Loving our relationship with God. Just loving our relationship with God. You know, yes, we're going to be trying some new things. But more importantly, I want you to fall more in love with God than you ever have. Don't force it. Don't make yourself do religious things because it's the right thing to do only. Certainly there's times that, you know, I have to deny myself. But I do that because I love God. I remember this is really bad, but my first date, I was having a hard time. My first Christian date wasn't with Danielle. It was with two people I didn't know and we were going to go on a date. This brother set us up and I was like, who are these people? Why are we going to Brooklyn, New York? (laughs) Well, bro, you know, I I thought it'd be good for you. It's been three weeks. You've been in a church. You might as well go on your first date. And I said, well, who are these people? This is weird, you know? And it straight up was weird. Let me just be honest. I don't know these people. What's going on? And I said, who are they? Well, they're twins, Nigerian twins. And I'm like, okay, you're Nigerian. Okay, let's do this. What's this about? We got to go to Brooklyn. I'm like, Brooklyn is like two and a half hours train ride. No way. And then my brother said, bro, sometimes you just got to deny yourself. I was like, but you set this up for me. Now I have to deny myself. You know what I mean? Like, what's that about? You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like God set this up and I'm denying myself. But then I said, okay, I'll deny myself. And I remember going on the train just, just like, we don't want to feel like that. Now, I had actually an amazing time. It was actually, God blessed it and it was really fun. We got home at like two and a half, two, two, you know, two o'clock in the morning because I was taking the train for so long, you know, and it wasn't a fun train ride, but it was a fun date. And I remember thinking, you know, if it wasn't for my relationship with Jesus, I would have never done this. And I would have missed the opportunity of knowing these amazing sisters, you know. But, but I think that's how we need to feel. If it wasn't for my relationship with God, I wouldn't do any of this. You know, do you feel that? I enjoy God's work, but there's a part of me that feels like my love for God is why we need to do it all. Yeah. You know, then he says, love your neighbor as yourself. The second is like it. That's what he says. Love your neighbor as yourself. And I thought, what does that mean? Like it. The second is like it. Well, it's similar to, it's connected to, it's interwoven into. That essentially, loving God and loving people is like a rope that's connected. You can't love people if you don't love God. It's really hard. And that's why I believe everyone loves God, because deep down, everybody loves people. But love your neighbor as yourself. A second 
is in message says the second is set alongside it love your neighbor as yourself now let's go to Matthew 25 he talked about something that was really convicting especially for me that we have to be relational not transactional have you ever heard that expression Relational versus transactional. Relational is, I love you. And I love God. Y'all should get together. It's going to be great. And I'm loving you not so that you can come to church. Not so that you can, 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 I can get your number. And you can get my number. And we can have this interaction. I'm loving you just to love you. And I'm going to let God figure the rest out. And a lot of us are doing that now where we're just loving people. And then they're like, why are you doing this? You know, it's so cool to see Tita here. You know, one of the first things she came out to was a a service event. She just served. And, you know, it's awesome. She wanted to serve. And then she came and and here she is, our sister now, you know, and and and. So many people have, as service happened, the good news was heard, right? And so serving people just to serve people, loving people just to love people. Maybe this is like not so profound for you, but I think it is for me. Because it can feel sometimes mechanical to love people, if you know what I'm saying. Instead of like, because we feel this pressure, like there has to be a transaction. What transaction needs to happen? Now, I love God and I love his word and it saved me. To, to study the Bible saved my soul. So, of course, unapologetically, I'm going to say, you got to read this book, man. This book is cool. You know, it's a lot cooler than you think. Would you like to check it out? I'd love, it's the best thing I got to offer you. I, I have no problems doing that. But I think just realizing that loving people isn't weird. Loving people is natural. Coming out of a relationship with God. In Matthew 25, it says, verse 31, it says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did you, we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did you see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of these least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. You know, serving others just to love people. Well, why are we doing this? What's the purpose of this? There's no purpose. It's just, we just want to love these people. I'm so loved by God, I just want to love people. 
And you might go, well, you know, I have a purpose for everything in my schedule. You know what I mean? We all do. Like, I have literally a schedule that has, like, different colors in it that shows me, okay, family, this is a family event, this is, you know, a spiritual thing I'm doing, you know what I mean? And you might go, that's a part that helps me to kind of think, like, what's my day like, you know? Um, I have a counseling, you know, parts of my schedule sometimes are counseling, and I have different colors for that, right? What's love? It's, it can't be colored. It's just, it's, it's who we are, right? God is love, and we're trying to follow that guy. That means that we're supposed to just love people as he loves people. How many times does he bless someone and there's no transaction between that person? Just me alone is a great example. How many times do I just, I forget sometimes to pray for my food and I'm a disciple. You know, how many times do I thank him for what he did? And he just loves me to love me. You know, this is the heart of God. God is love, and he just loves people to love people. And you know what happens? People go, why are you doing this? (laughs) And that's when the doors open for God's Holy Spirit to move. What if we just love people with all our hearts as God loves us? What if we just love people and forgot about the transaction, and just kept it relational. Man, that's powerful. I think this world, especially at this point in time, is so cynical about everything. Mm. Yep. What's this about? Yeah. What's the, what, what, wait, wait, you're giving me something free? What's the catch? Mm. Wait, there's a Super Bowl potluck? What's going on there? Wait, you're going to make food for me and not expect me to pay? What, what? Nah. I don't know. You know, that's the world, right? That's where we're all at. We're all scared. <laughs> we're all scared. And I just want to encourage you to be a good Samaritan. To be the good Samaritan. And to, and to share the heart of God. And I think the thing I realize in the heart... Let's go, let's go to Luke 10. We'll finish there. I have a video that I want to show you, but I want, I want you to watch it on your own. I'm going to send it to you via text, so sorry for all the texts. Hopefully, you're like, stop texting me, bro. No, I want to encourage you, and then certainly, you know, give me feedback if you're like, you're blowing me up, bro. Um, I'm trying to love you, you know? But I'm going to send a video, and it's, it's basically of the Good Samaritan, and I really was emotional watching it. And it's not like, it's very well done. It's five minutes long. But it, it moved me because this is who I want to be. And more than anything, the Good Samaritan is a lot deeper than just who's my neighbor, right? A lot deeper than that. And so I believe the Good Samaritan represents God in our life. Represents God in our life. It says in verse 25, on one occasion, an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, 
with all your strength, with all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? It's interesting that this commandment that we just looked at in Matthew 22 is also here. And so what basically happened is out of your love for God, he was like, well, who's my neighbor? What transaction do I need to make? Who am I supposed to love and why we're loving them and when am I loving them and exactly how am I loving them? Because I want to do the bare minimum. Because I'm religious. And I like just to do what I need to do. To be in good standing with God. And we kind of scoff at this person. Ha, ha, ha. But we do it too, don't we? What, what do I need to do? What must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus didn't answer the question. He didn't answer him. He said, you know the commandments. You know, do all those things. You know, it's so much more deeper than that, right? Mm-hmm. Then he says in verse 30, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. When he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. Then he, bought, he, he, he put the man on his donkey brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return I will reimburse you for an extra expense you may have. Which of these do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. I'm really convicted by this passage. I think we all need to be. It's inspiring too. No agenda. Just love. This guy didn't even get credit, did he? I always wonder what happened after this. He's like, why am I here? I was beat up and now I'm here. Who did this to me? Well, some guy, I don't even know his name, did it. What do you think that man's going to do? He's going to go, but who is that man? I want to know who that man is. And he's going to go find that man and thank him. Right? Or maybe not. But most likely, if that happened to me, I was like, who did this? Well, I think he travels in Jerusalem and Jericho. And I'd be, I'd be sitting there watching him. Now, I'd bring a buddy because last time I got beat up. But I would, I would definitely be like, I want to find that guy. Who is that guy who saved my life? You see where I'm going with this? What, who shared the gospel more? Who was more of a teacher in this story? The teacher of the law? The Levite? Or the Samaritan? We know the answer to the question. Our love is what preaches the loudest sermon. And I just want you to take pity on people. Love people. And I'm sorry I didn't preach this earlier. I'm sorry. I wish I did. (laughs) But I'm preaching it right now. (laughs) 
And I want to get the heart. I don't want to lose this heart. I want to stick with this heart that says, I'm just going to love people like the Samaritan guy did. The Samaritan guy who just, who saw a need. He, he just, he was doing his thing. He saw someone in need and he loved them. And then God did the rest, didn't he? And so, I guess the big thing I want to ask you about is to maybe think about this Matthew 22, Matthew 25, Matthew 28. And to really just focus on Matthew 22 and Matthew 25. And let God open the doors for Matthew 28. Now certainly there's times where the best thing to do is to open our mouths and talk to someone. You know, I always think, do unto others as you want them to do unto you. I would want to talk to someone because I'm so glad someone talked to me, right? So I'm going to talk to them. But talk sometimes, can, especially here, guys, it, it's, it's cheap to people. I've shared with a lot of people here. We've talked to a lot of people here. What moves people the most is love. You know, we had a, someone, our neighbors over for, for dinner and we just were talking. We weren't, no agenda, just loving them, spending time with them. We had a blast with them. They were so much fun. Getting to hear their story. And then, boom, they just, what do you guys do for a living? Well, we're ministers. We're trying to get spiritual, too. I'm like, oh. I, in my mind, I had no plans of, like, trying to have a spiritual conversation. And that's when God always does it, right? I have no agenda. I have no plan. I'm not going to say, so, guys, we go to this blah, 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 awesome church. Would you like, you know, my spiel, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's really Bible-based. First of all, who cares? People don't care about that. Some people do, but most people are like, yeah, everyone says that, you know? And what's the Bible? Most people are like, well, who cares about the Bible? What about the love? And then they cease to just talk about their lives, and they just shared it. And it was so cool. They invited us over for dinner recently. I was like, I'm supposed to be hospitable. They're hard to be hospitable to me. Of course, let's go. So we're getting the time to spend time with them. It's so cool just how love, everybody understands that language. And so for us all, just to take that away, just the word love. Be loved. See people as beloved. Matthew 22 comes before Matthew 25 and Matthew 28. Amen. So I'm going to say a prayer now. Certainly, I know uh, if you guys want to stick around and pray some more with someone else, I encourage you to do that. I'll send you the, the little video um, for the, the Good Samaritan. I'll send it tonight. Watch it. I, it. It really is well done, and I think it's great depiction of what I hope to do tomorrow. To be a Good Samaritan, meet needs, love people. Amen? Let's say a prayer. Great God in heaven, we're so thankful that, um, that you loved us first. Father, just help us to be just enthralled and in love with you. Father, we're grateful that, that you know the heart, that you search the heart. And that even though sometimes our, our heart can play tricks on us, you know who we are, and you love us. You know the deepest, darkest part of our hearts, and yet you love us so much, God. The best of us is a mess. <laughs> and yet, God, 
you see us as beloved. You delight over us with song. You see us as something so special, a treasured possession. Father, help us to feel that right now. To feel like a treasured possession. And then also help us to see that the whole world are your sons and daughters. And that you love them deeply. And that whatever we do for them, we're doing for you. Help us to just love people. With no expectation, no agenda. Father, I know there's something inside of me that says, that's the power of the gospel. Father, I know back in the day, the, the Christian faith was illegal in, in the Roman world. Many people were getting killed. Many people were getting thrown to lions, Father. And to, to, it was an illegal religion. And yet it spread so much. It was so spread. And it, it was like wildfire. Every one person that became martyred, 10 other people became Christians, God. How is that possible? There was this paper that I, wrote, that, that I uh, read about first century evangelism. And I thought, this would be cool. I'll read it. What did they do? And they, they, it just says they love people with good deeds and let the conversation happen. And I was blown away because there was no series. There was no, you know, agenda. They just love people. And these people couldn't turn the Christians in because how could they turn this wonderful person in who loved them? And from there, they became disciples and they grew to love you. And that's how the, the gospel was spread in the, in the Roman Empire 2,000 years ago. Father, help us to imitate our brothers and sisters as they loved. Help us to imitate the Samaritan man. Help us, God. We pray to have the heart of God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks, guys. Have a great fellowship.